Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers, and I'm glad you're with us. We have been doing a series at Equipped to Be on strengths, knowing your strengths, and it's based off the research from the Gallup organization and specifically Clifton Strengths. People are familiar with Strengths Finders. Uh, and that's what we've really focused on in episode 71, 72, 73. Uh, so in this episode 74, I will encourage you, go back and listen to those. I think those are going to be critical to you understanding where we are today. Doesn't mean you can't listen to today's episode, but we are going to be continuing on. I'm going to dive a little deeper into why the order of your talent domains matter as it relates to you and your kids and really doing life with others. I just want to talk to you about why this is important. We have recently had, uh, and those of you that follow me on social media, uh, whether it was Facebook or Instagram, you have probably noticed at the time of this recording, we have had quite a quite a bit of unexpected events, probably just like you in your life. And I watched something and I marveled at, the work that I put into raising the kids when they were younger and helping to understand their strengths and really teaching them in the way that they learn, teaching them. Some people say uh, the way you, you know, fold your children the way they're bent. You know, it's kind of like God, God has hardwired your kids with unique gifts, strengths, and talents. And, you know, when we understand those, we're able to teach and train them in a way that they should go, not in the way we think they should go. And, I, and I'm not talking about character because that's a different bucket. We're talking about just how, how they naturally think, feel, and behave and process the world around them. And I want to help equip you to see through the lens of your kids. I, I've talked pretty specifically in other episodes about seeing through the lens of your child. And I, I want you to understand that contrary to popular belief, the opposite of a strength is not a weakness. And the opposite of strength is not depletion. So if an activity is not engaging an individual's strength, it's not going to give them energy. If they are engaging in an area that is their strength, that is something that is in their talent domain, it is going to give them energy. It's going to make them want to get up in the morning and do something, which is why as you're parenting, if you have to do things that aren't exactly appealing to your kids and do them first thing and then give them the reward of what's coming afterwards, if we get this done, then we'll be able to go play outside or we'll be able to do whatever errand or we'll be able to shop online, whatever it is that you do. When you start to see through the lens of a strength and that of the strengths of your child, your words change. I guarantee how you speak to each of your children changes. 
And I've had a lot of people say to me, but Connie, uh, you don't know what it's like. I have so many children. And, and I, I giggle. I'm like, nope, I actually do know what it's like. I actually had five kids and five kids in seven years. And we did life 24-7 because our family homeschooled. So we really did do life all the time. You know, we were, whatever it was we were doing, didn't mean that we didn't have outside friends. That's a misnomer. That's a myth about homeschoolers. You're very busy and you have a lot of interaction, engagement from other people. But it gave me this unique insight. You know, it's not, um, educators are with children, your kids, if your kids go to private or public school, they're with your kids for a given amount of hours in a day. And they're able to watch how they interact among their classmates, their same age group classmates. Or uh, my husband was a coach for basketball for many years for girls basketball. And he was able to see how the girls, you know, played the game of basketball, how they ran a play, what their attitude would be like if they missed a shot or if the play got called, if they got called for a foul, he could watch what they do and how they react. And something dramatic happens. You're able to learn to speak to that particular child and motivate them in a unique way. Because you see one one kid responds differently than another. And so I kind of pull from this for experiences that we've had and then my own of just raising children. And it's very different when they don't go home from a classroom setting to a parent setting. They're, they're doing life together. And I think that's pretty pivotal right now that we're doing this particular series when there's so much chaos, confusion, and schools, and parents aren't sure what they're going to do with their children. And I can just tell you, I use the strengths approach to teaching my children all through their childhood. And I've seen how it manifested itself in the recent events of uh, that have unfolded for our family. I watched each one navigate hard situations and hard seasons, and I was able to speak to them in a way that fell in their tender place of their heart. There were individual comments and conversations, not blanket statements. And that's what I love about understanding. And that's why we're going to do this segment, why understanding the talent domains and the order is so important. I've shared with you how to take the strengths assessment over at the Gallup organization, and I encourage you to do that. I also encourage you to really focus on Clifton Strengths for students. It gives awesome examples of how to speak. And I'll give some examples as we do our podcast this morning and of how you can speak in a way that your children hear. And then how do you actually identify those? So let's jump right in. If you are a note taker, maybe don't listen to this on twice speed. You may, may want to slow down a little bit so you can take notes. And I will have the talents in the show notes, and I will have the reasons why the domain order matters. All that will be in the show notes. So make sure you go to ConnieOppers.com, and you can go to the blog and read the show notes there. Just type in ConnieOppers.com. But I'll have all the show notes there for you to go back and refer to. And I love your questions. And so when this episode goes live, I love hearing your feedback and comments. I would love to know 
how this is impacting you, what are you learning? How is it opening your eyes? Or maybe, uh, what more can I do? I've just got, you know, I've got a child who... they don't always appreciate what I'm trying to teach them, and they don't always understand what the value is. And I will say that children are born individuals. You know, ask any parent or anybody that knows anything about children. Children are individuals. So if you're a teacher, you know that. You have children that talk all the time. You have kids that never talk and everything in between. You have your risk takers you have your challengers. But I loved this statement by Melvin Connor. Children are born as individuals. And if we fail to see that, if we see them as clay to be molded into any shape we like, the tougher ones will fight back and end up spiteful and rebellious. While the less strong will lose their uniqueness that they were born with. Mom and dad, that's where kind of the fold them as they're bent. That's where teach them in the way they should go. There's such a uniqueness to this. Um, So there's three things that you need to understand so you can utilize the talent domain themes, like how they fall into that buckets. And here's the three reasons that I just, just, Three. I mean, there's more, but I want to focus on these three. It, it, it's that it gives an individual another way to think about their talents. So if you know the underlying motivation, and let's face it, motivated kids move mountains. So if you know the underlying motivation, you can communicate more effectively. Because again, words matter. How you construct that phrase or sentence and deliver it to a specific child is going to have a huge impact on your relationship and uh, their receiving of the information you're giving them. See, we can better understand why we do what we do, why our kids do what we do. So we have to believe God that He has given them and you unique talents, gifts, and strengths. And then He allows you to use words and phrases precision, with intentionality. So that's the first reason we need to understand why the order of our talents matter. The second is that it gives an individual more confidence in mitigating their weaknesses. Like I said to you, the opposite of a strength is not a weakness. And that's what we need to teach our children. So rather than focusing on their bottom talent themes, the individual, your child, yourself, we can look at the talent theme in the same domain that has the highest in their sequence and determine, like, how are we going to deal with that particular problem? How are we going to use other talents to achieve the results that we are needing them to achieve or that they personally want to achieve? And that's why. So if, for example, you have some striving, which we call executing themes, You may be very deliberative. You may not be. Deliberative may be in your very bottom. I've used this example before, but you may be very focused. And so where you may lack a talent, God has given you another talent that you can use to achieve the goal that he has 
ask you, and I always say the assignment that he's given you, you draw from a pool of resources, and those help you accomplish and achieve the goals that are before you. So when you understand that uh, the opposite of strength is not weakness, and that when we try to operate out of our weakness, it depletes us, but when we operate out of our strength, it energizes us. You are able as a parent to help your kids better understand that. And of course, you have to understand that first about yourself. You know, it's hard to teach what you don't know. So you need to, to get educated yourself. But it's a beautiful time as you're raising kids to, to learn along with your kids, to ask the questions, to ponder, to see the differences and celebrate them and not lament, oh, I just don't have this. So you gain more confidence when you learn how to manage your weaknesses regarding your talents. So now I want to remind you that there are no bad strengths. One strength is not better than another. I often hear parents, and I often hear a lot of kids that I work with, especially teens and college kids, they zero in. Man, they just zero in on what they can't do and what they're not good at. And that's why we have to teach them the opposite of strength is not weakness. See, the purpose is to see what is good and right about you. I'm going to say this many times. The purpose is to discover what is good and right about you. God made you in His image. He made you with beautiful talents and strengths and gifts. And He wants you to use those for the assignment that He has given you. But it needs to be understood. And I know parents, and I repeat this so many times because it likes, it gets wired in our brain that, oh, I'm, I'm not good at this. I think about the Eeyore character in Winnie, of the, Winnie the Pooh. No, let's, let's talk about what is good and right. God formed and fashioned you. He made you exactly how He wanted you. And, and you know that child, that child that's really strong, strong-minded, strong-willed, the risk is worth the consequence in their mind. The talking back, if they can win the argument, may be worth being grounded. Some of you have those kids. But the purpose of this whole series is that I want to help you know what is good and right about you, about your kids, and how God has formed and fashioned you. You know, we're all looking for meaning and purpose in life, and, and there is meaning and purpose we're not about chasing our passions. We're about chasing the calling and being faithful to what we're called to do. So you need to work on the areas of your life that, you know, you need to build on those strengths. You need to strengthen those strengths. And then you need to mitigate the weaknesses. You need to understand that you do have them and that it's okay. And then ask the Lord to either help you get through an area to perform a task that you're really not good at to be able to get it done to the best of your ability, or ask the Lord to bring somebody alongside that has that, that talent, that strength. Does that make sense, you guys? And the third is it gives you a way to look for gaps and learn how you can speak to others to get them moving in a specific direction. You're leading your kids, and maybe you're leading a company. Maybe you're leading an organization. You know, you have to be able to speak in a way that other people hear. And if you don't know how other people hear, your, your words may fall on deaf ears or worse, 
uh, they might be rejected. And there's a way to avoid that or at least minimize that. You know, so if you want to get your children to do what you're asking them to do or to get them to talk about something important to them, when you speak in a way they understand, they're more open, they're more, they're more willing, the more open they will be. So that's why when you learn to utilize the talent-themed domain buckets, you can motivate your children. <laughs> you know what? You can even motivate yourself. So I invite you just to tune in. Make sure you go back. If, if you've gotten a little confused here, just no, no problem. Go back and listen to the previous episodes, 71, 72, 73. And I walk you through this. I walk you through how to take the Clifton Strength Finders uh, assessment, uh, where you can get more resources over at the Gallup organization. That's going to be very important. For example, here's some practical application. You can communicate a request and thinking that you're saying it exactly what you mean, but it may not be exactly what other people hear. I know all of you have had this happen. Somebody will say something to you, and it can be such an innocent statement. They don't mean anything by it, but man, you don't hear it that way. And it's because you have a filter system. You have a grid that words, when they go in your ears and they go to the brain, they they have a, a filter system that makes you hear a specific word in a specific way. You do that, and as do your children. So the whole goal is that we want others to hear our words in the way that we intend for them to be heard. And that is possible. When you are focusing on your talent themes and you understand that, listen, I, I have this talent and I know it can sometimes, I cannot understand other people who don't have this strength of talent in this specific area that I do. It can cause hurt feelings, misunderstanding, and you know, there's something else that I have recently learned, or I guess I'm relearning it. It can really lead to broken relationships. So I've heard people tell me, you know, I just say it like it is. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. You can't just say it like it is. And you just can't say whatever comes to your mind to somebody else. You can say it to yourself, but you can't say it to other people. Not if you want to build relationships that are going to stand the test of time. Communication takes a lot of work. It takes intentionality. And what better way to build those long-lasting relationships? What better way to communicate and to have what you need to be said, heard in the right way? What better way than understanding how other people think, feel, behave, process the world around them. Do you know that based on a Gallup research um, poll, 49% of Americans, 49% of the people polled said that what has happened in COVID has impacted them a lot. 
You know, that's almost half the population. All the more reason why we want to become very skilled in the use of our words. And we need to be very skilled in the use of how we speak words into other people. They can be uplifting and life-giving, or they can be depleting and hurtful. So let's talk about the talent domains. What, What am I even talking about? Well, there's four talent domains, and they are the same. Whether you're looking at the student portion of the assessment by using, say, Strengths Explorer, or whether you're using the student's uh, information over at the Gallup Institute, the Gallup organization, or whether you're reading, you know, strengths based leadership, or you're doing some information online. As I've been researching for my strengths assessment, I've really come across some misinformation. And I remember to about 20 years ago, I did my very first real course on strength finders. And actually what somebody ended up doing is they created, they took what they learned. And as a lot of people do, they change it some. And I, I'm going to go back to let's, if you're going to understand strengths, go to the source. And that would be the Gallup organization. And why? Well, because that is based on data-driven, research-based. It's not information somebody has gleaned and then regurgitated into something that they can market on their own. This is extremely important because you don't know necessarily where that information is coming from. So here are the four talents. They're the executing, which is often called striving. And those are achiever, arranger, belief, consistency, deliberative, Discipline, focus, responsibility, and restorative. So the executing themes that I just read, I want to give you a little summary of what that actually means and looks like. The striving, executing themes, and you will see them interchangeable. You know, in the leadership, it's executing. People do seem to equate And so does the Gallup Institute as as striving for something. You're working towards something. Um, Same with the, you know, the executing. So those are relatively one and the the same. But for the purpose of this, when you go to the show notes, uh, you'll see the executing themes. Uh, And that basically is what people do to push themselves towards a result, what what motivates a person to get things done. They're seeking the greater good, the greater accomplishment. It's a very distinctive motivation that influences individuals to do the same tasks, but they'll do them differently. Have you ever noticed that you give your kids an assignment and they'll, they'll do it very differently than maybe what you have taught them? They'll utilize their own talent to accomplish a specific goal. Now, you'll notice this as your kids start hitting the teen and tween years. And then, of course, obviously, when they hit adult life. Distinctive motivations that influence individuals to do the same tasks, just differently. They won't sweep the floor the same. They won't solve the math problem the same. They won't write the same essay using the same sentence structure. They'll get the project completed, but they'll do it a little differently. Striving, 
executing themes are the fuel that propels people to excel, to take risks, set high expectations for themselves and others. And you need to understand those executing themes are so valuable. Remember, what is good and right? There's no wrong strength. There's no bad strength. We need to understand how the talent themes and the order that they show up in your life make you live daily life. The next bucket would be the influencing theme. The influencing themes would be activator, command, communication, competition, maximizer, self-assurance, significance, woo. Influencing themes, people that have high um, strength and talent in influencing, they are the ones who motivate others to action. They are the ones that not only can paint a picture, but they know They can get others to follow. They're very good at utilizing other people, not using, utilizing. So where there is a gap, they're able to find somebody that has that unique talent and they fill that gap. You see that in folks like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs. They have this ability to create something, to see something, and to bring it to fruition. And they all utilize other people, not use. It prompts a person, if you have high influencing talents, it prompts a person to set a course for individuals. They're the vision casters for groups. And people want to follow them. They get people moving. And they stimulate others to be more productive, to reach for excellence. If you remember my podcast with uh, Larry Loftus, and he talked about this drive for excellence, people who have influencing themes have the ability to make others around them reach for excellence. And they have to fulfill this interpersonal potential that they just have in them. Why? God made them that way. And then the next would be relationship, relating themes. I love relating talents. Those adaptability, developer, connectedness, empathy, harmony, includer, individualization, positivity, and relater. Relating themes, they, people that have strong, a dominant talent in relating They use that to create, to develop, and to sustain relationships effectively. It prompts people. They prompt people on how a person can reach their goals, how they can work together. They have this ability to bring people together for a common purpose. They're vital to every organization. Because you may have a lot of people with striving, executing themes. You may have people that are influential, impacting is another word that I will sometimes use. 
but at the end of the day, you got to work with people. And so using those relating themes that you have can be the glue that keeps people together, minimizes conflict, and maybe even helps resolve different conflicts within your family or within organizations or a company. And then the fourth would be strategic, which we also call thinking talents. And that's analytical, context, futuristic, ideation, input, intellection, learner, and strategic. Thinking talents are the way people gather, process, and make decisions with information and mental images. People think in the past, the present, and the future. We're not just one place. We're all. One of my top talents is futuristic. Another for me is focus. So I have this ability that if I know where we're supposed to be going, I can stay focused on the future of where we're going, which is why I like painting pictures of possibilities. I can, I can paint a picture for others and then give them the tools they need and help them to develop what they need to be able to accomplish the goals before them, all while keep reminding them where we're going, why we're going there, and how did I use that with my kids? It was that, hey, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to get up, we're going to do this. And when we finish this, we're going to do that. And when we do that, then you get to go do this. Constantly reminding my kids where we are going and what greater good we're hoping to accomplish. And when I run an organization, it's the same thing. You, you have to have your people that are in your organization volunteering or working for you. They have to see where this is all going so that there's not confusion. Now, that doesn't mean sometimes there isn't because hard times can come and, and it can be difficult sometimes. But if you have high dominance of thinking talents, uh, then those thinking talents influences the view of the world, how you view the world around you. And it also is important of how you treat others and interpret current events, how you solve problems, create opportunities. When you have the thinking themes and, and what that looks like and how you implement it and why that matters is because when you are working with your children, they may not have such high thinking, striving themes they may not have the relator themes. They, you're, some of your kids, they may not be the ones that are going to you know, go up to somebody and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. You want to play? Uh, you know, you want to play kickball? You want to play you know, a game? They may be very reserved. Doesn't mean they, don't ha- they can't relate to others. It just, it, it just may mean that's not, they're not the ones that you want to put as the greeting committee for whatever program you have going on with field trips or school projects. Remember, there are no bad strengths. It's just the quest for learning how to use what God has given us. The ability 
to connect with others and see through their lens. The ability to speak words to your kids, to your spouse, to those that you work with. The ability to do that effectively can make all the difference in how you navigate your life and how you navigate life with others. Now, in the show notes, I'm going to have a list, so make sure you go over and visit ConnieAppers.com. I'm going to actually put some examples of words to use when you're describing your kids or when you're speaking to your kids, uh, even your spouse or maybe even someone you're working with. I list those because sometimes we can put a label to something that one will never forget. You maybe you were given a label by your parents as being obstinate. And I'm going to say every word that has a negative connotation can have a strength application. So instead of saying for instance obstinate, we could say persistent. That's a very good character quality. I don't want you to confuse a character quality with a strength because they're not the same. A character quality is the core, is, is what we teach our children. It's, it's honesty and truthfulness and perseverance, resiliency. It's, there's, there's many character qualities that we have, caring for others, having compassion. Strengths is not a character quality. Strengths is something a little different. But our character, our character, your character, is executed from a place of character. Your strengths are executed from a place of character. So if you are a truth teller, you're going to speak the truth. And how that manifests itself with a strength is, is rather easy. It's You're going to say something and you're going to seek to say something with love and kindness and gentleness. If you have a propensity for telling half-truths, then everything you say is going to be muddled a bit. You're going to be using your strengths that God gave you inappropriately. And there'll be great damage done to your reputation and credibility, but to those around you as well. And if you have a propensity for being more academic or analytical, you're going to and you don't identify that you need to have compassion, which is character, and, and long-suffering, then you just might blow somebody off. You might ignore them. You might minimize, maybe marginalize them because they're not of some caliber that you deem is credible. Well, that's short-sighted. I wish we had more time. I really wish we had more time in our episodes to, to talk about this. I do do coaching uh, I do parent coaching. I do coaching for students and college kids, as well for leadership, strengths-based leadership. Why? Because everything in me is about moving in a direction, is about making an impact, is about changing lives and building relationships. And so if you've noticed, I try to highlight those various things because without relationships, Life is pretty colorless in many ways. And so I, um, without life and beauty and 
color that that goes with the dynamics of doing life with other people, even though that can be difficult. So I want you to be thinking as you learn more and you head over to the show notes and you kind of look at those words and how uh, you can use a, a negative label in a strengths approach in a positive way, how that can impact your relationship. So head over to the show notes. I want you to think about those positive attributes. Our words have the power to build up or tear down by taking the time right now, like where you are, to think before you speak, you will be heard and understood more clearly. And that's the goal of communication. That's the goal of relationship. And God uses people to accomplish His goal and His will. He expects us to engage in the world around us in an understanding way, right? That's what He expects. That's why we are to teach and train our children in the way they should go. When we do that, when they get older, they have a foundation of which to navigate life themselves. They have a pattern of how to have healthy relationships and healthy communication. They have the ability to understand other people aren't going to be have the same talents they have because they have a different assignment. God has uniquely wired you and I to complete our assignments. I just want to say thank you for tuning in to this episode of Equipped to Be. It was a little longer than normal, but I think this is such an important part. This is probably going to be the last series that I'm going to do for a little while on the strengths. I also did two uh, episodes earlier um, in the podcast Um kind of like in the very beginning where I explain strengths defined and strengths understood, I want you to, to go back and even listen to those. So that's six other episodes you can go back and listen to. But I appreciate you tuning in to Equip to Be. And I appreciate you joining the show and telling your friends about it and just being a faithful listener. I know you're busy. I want what we put out here to be of highest quality. I want it to be easily understood and you to walk away with some rich nuggets that you can apply today. And I hope that this podcast did that and that you feel encouraged in fulfilling the assignment God's given you and running the race before you. So God bless and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.